Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm here with attorney Mark Scroggins of Rule Scroggins PLLC, divorce and family law firm in Dallas, serving Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. This is the Rule Scroggins Family Law Podcast Series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. Today's program highlights that it is October, which is National Domestic Violence Month. And a few of the things that we're going to talk about today, we're going to identify what domestic violence is and how you know if you or someone else may be in trouble. Uh, We'll talk about the advanced domestic violence training and awareness that lawyers and other folks uh, work with. And uh, also we'll talk about what happens before, during, and when uh, domestic violence is involved in a divorce case. Uh, Of course, we'll also talk about protective orders and procedures to help the victims of domestic violence and try to prevent anything bad from happening. I'm here with board-certified and family law attorney Mark Scroggins. He's an aggressive and experienced trial attorney with a sound understanding of matters that serve him well in family law. He's an accomplished speaker and author. Mr. Scroggins has practiced family law throughout the state of Texas for over 20 years. He has written for Family Law Matters for Texas Lawyer and numerous other periodicals and has spoken before numerous organizations and corporate clients. but as we get going here, this is a dis- disclaimer. This is a general information program. This program is not legal advice, and listening to this program does not create attorney-client relationships. For more information, please call Rule Scroggins directly to speak to an attorney by dialing area code 214-578-0941. Again, 214-578-0941. All rights this broadcast are reserved. It's time to say good morning to Mark. Hey, Nick. How you doing? I am doing well and uh, ready to tackle a rather unpleasant topic on a Friday morning, but, you know, in family law sometimes we deal with things that are unpleasant, and what's unpleasant is domestic violence, people who are in bad situations who don't know how to get out, don't have a plan, and sometimes they wait until it's too late and we have victims, and many people are killed. I mean, I think, think there were out of... Under almost 200,000 cases of domestic violence reported last year, and I think close to 200 uh, people were killed here in the state of Texas. So it's a, it's a significant problem. Yeah, it is. It is. So as we, when we look at this, <clears throat> you know, we have people all over in a range of what's clearly domestic violence, and then there's actions and conduct and things that sort of lead to someone saying, I think I might be with an abuser and things, you know, things are not going well. This person's bad. So uh, I guess let's identify what domestic violence is, who can be a victim. Um, How do you know someone's in trouble? What do we look for? What are the signs? Well, I mean, if anybody gets physical with you, I mean, that's, you know, that's the key definition of, uh, uh, of domestic violence, okay, you know, and so, and it doesn't have to just happen between between a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend. It can also happen between, you know, family members. You know, so so often today you're seeing, uh, you know, multi generational living arrangements. So you could have something between, you know, uh, father and son, uh, son and mother, that kind of thing. 
But if anybody, um, you know, if anybody gets physical with you, first and foremost, call the police. I mean, that is the that is the very first step. Okay, that is that is the number one thing to do. If you are uh, in a position where you cannot, uh, you know, you can't even do, you can't get to the can't get to the phone without, you know, running into trouble there. Um, there are different shelters that you can uh, that you can go to, and I mean, get out of the house, call the police. Then there are, there are steps that can be taken to have, you know, to have somebody. Uh, you know, you can file charges with the police if if somebody has actually assaulted you, and you can seek to have them removed from the house and and get back into the house, and then have them excluded from the house. So there there are a number of different remedies that are out there, but the most important thing to do is to take action right away. One of the one of the biggest problems that you one of the biggest problems that you see is um you know people it's kind of like having um you know post traumatic stress disorder. Um you know they start thinking that uh they brought it on themselves, you know they make excuses, uh well it was my fault, I had it coming, I goaded him, um you know that kind of thing and that's just crap. Okay? You know, there's there's no excuse for uh, for someone getting physical with uh, you know with with their spouse or with their significant other. Absolutely, and one of the you know, and sometimes people do get in. People can sometimes not see what's right in front of them, and so there might be people say, well. You know, you know, daddy hit mom back in the day. You know, they stayed married. They're all right. You know, or um, you know, the, things are going well. He's got a good job. He's under a lot of stress. People make a lot of excuses because the the concept of leaving is really hard. Um, because and the, which is a huge decision. And if someone says, "Well, I'm going to call the police on this person." The next step may be, you know, are we going to call the police and have your husband arrested and then we're going to go back and think everything's fine? Do these, you know, do they go seek help and then counseling? Or does calling the police mean, like, do they need to think, am I really really willing to leave my spouse and get a divorce or leave my boyfriend, girlfriend um, before I make that call? Well... That you know, that's that's a hard a hard thing to say. I mean, my I will always err on the side of caution. If somebody is being physical with you, assaulting you, you need to you know you need to take the steps necessary to uh, to get help and to make sure that you're safe. And so that begins with you know calling the police, getting out of getting out of the residence if the person is there and you are, you know, in fear for your safety. And like I said, there are things that, um, uh, you know, that can, that can be done to make sure that that person is removed from the house. Now, now having said that, okay, it is not to say that it is impossible for somebody to get help because there are, uh, there are classes out there commonly called uh, BIP classes, B-I-P-P, which is uh, a batter, batterer's inter, uh, prevention program, okay? And um, those classes can really uh, be incredibly helpful, and I've seen, you know, pl- plenty of couples actually 
get back together after the person uh, has completed that and gone through some additional counseling to to understand what's going on. Because un- unfortunately, a lot of the time, uh, you know, it's it's learned behavior. You know, I mean, Johnny, little Johnny, grew up and and seeing daddy hit mommy, and so that's what he thought was the way that you handle stuff. You know, your your wife or girlfriend gets out of line, and you straighten them out that way. And uh, so it can it can be a familial uh, disease, really. So um, it's not to say that there's not the possibility of working through things, getting with the batterer, getting help through a a, uh, a batterer's prevention course. Um, but uh, you know, first and foremost, like I said, obviously, is you want to make sure that that person, uh, the person who has been assaulted, gets uh, gets help. Right, absolutely. You know, the other thing too is, you know, if he's hitting you, there, it's possibly hitting the children too, and the children might not be saying anything. You know, and uh, you just never know. You know, one, it could. Be, I, you know, I've heard the, I've heard so, so many different people uh, speak on this topic, and some people have said things like, "Well, you know, it's just once a year that, you know, or once or twice a year something happens, and then people end up dead." I mean, it's. People can lose it, and you know, I always, I always remember from college learning about schizophrenia and on and the late onset of you know weird dissociative personality. Just people can lose their minds literally, and you know right. you just don't know. And taking that risk, um, anyhow. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, some of the advanced training or, or just general domestic violence training that are you know presented by different bar associations. Just curious. What types of things uh, you know you've seen people talk about, um, insofar as trying to identify who you know if the person you're with again you think they haven't hit you but they're escalating in behavior and you think things might be bad and and the one thing that sticks out in my mind is this concept of abusers wanting control over their situations or families and insofar as they will actually move. Uh, you know, take a job further away so that your spouse or girlfriend cannot cannot run away and go to mom's house. Um, the people are very controlling. Uh, they may right. be controlling yourself on your email, monitoring you. You know, to the point where you're almost smothered and um, and you have no access to money. How do you? Know, where do you go? I mean, you're not going to get very far. You have twenty dollars cash, and that's it. Right. Yeah, that is a uh, that's a that's a tough situation. And I mean, if you if you feel like somebody is and you're 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 dead on where you're talking about uh, you know control being a huge huge part of this. I mean, and it is a uh, a huge issue. Um, but if you feel like somebody is you know starting to go down that road, if if somebody is say, getting in your face, yelling and stuff like that, you know, you can seek to get a protective order, um, you know, through through the district court and have somebody, uh, you know, have that person excluded, you know, from the home. So that's one thing. Um, you know, the other thing is if, if you, uh, you know, if you feel like the, the person is starting to go down that road, m- you know, find a friend to live with. Find, you know, go live with family. Do something. Um, you know, look at the possibilities of of filing for divorce. But get out of the house. Don't don't. There's a there's an old saying of you don't need to put yourself in harm's way. And 
you know, if someone is continuing to escalate their bad behavior, uh, you know, the best thing to do is get the hell out of the way. That's a very good statement. You know, true. And there are, you know, we have to think of ourselves in kind of two different um, roles sometimes. Uh, let's say the you know you you can talk to someone about you know if you are being threatened or you're being hit you need to get out of harm's way. Um, now there's what about the people that are the ones to whom victims of domestic violence are turning? Um, I don't know. No one's ever asked me can I seek shelter in your home? Um, you know, so I always suggest that this might be a good thing for people to to talk about. Sort of you know we have fire drills and tornado safety awareness, and we, we're prepared for all these emergencies in life. And no one really sits right. down and talks about what happens if your husband goes nuts on you, where are you going to go, you know, and ask them that question. A lot, of, a lot of women might say, and men too, are all, again, also victims. A lot of people might say, I really don't know. Right. Yeah, and that's, uh, there's no easy answer to that. Um, you know, and it, it is good to have a backup plan. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got family in town, that that's easy. If you don't, um, you know, it becomes much more complicated. And, uh, you know, that is, that is something that is uh, definitely much more difficult. But uh, that's why if, you know, it, it's always important, uh, and I think generally, you know, as, as human beings, we're, we're social animals. So uh, it's important for us to have a network of friends. And with that, if you have, uh, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you find somebody is, is uh, beginning to get, let's say, beginning to get physical, or if, even if they haven't started to get physical, they're, they're getting threatening, uh, it's, you know, it is definitely important to, uh, you know, have a conversation with someone saying, okay, here's what's going on. I need to, uh, uh, you know, if if this situation escalates or, you know, uh, violence manifests itself, can, you know, can you hook me up? Can you let me come over and stay well, for a little bit? You're right. And, you know, and, and can you, know, you help and, me disappear in broad daylight, too? Because if the person, right. if the abuser is someone who's having problems and they're mad and they're, not, you know, now they're, now they're mad as a hornet because you've called the police on them, they're facing all sorts of potential negative repercussions from that. Now, you know, the, what was it about last year? Um, a woman left her divorce attorney's office, and the man pulled up against, pulled up behind her at a stoplight and shot her. Um, that was yeah. over in Tarrant County, you know, in Southlake, yeah. I think. And yep. uh, you know, it's like that. She probably thought she was doing everything that she needed to do. But when you've got someone who's going to flip and they're going to go nuts and say, "Oh no, honey, you are not taking me down. Um, I'm going after you." And you right. know, now you've got now you've got a funeral on your hands. So again, it's like, how do you, you know, as you're going along, you know, uh, and, and now now you shall become a, a an expert in you know disappearing and tracing your. No, don't check in at at, at the grocery store. Don't no, don't do that. He, he's after you. I mean, and it sounds like something out of a movie, but I mean, that's, this is just something that people I think should be prepared for generally. So, anyhow, so let's talk a little bit more about. What happens with domestic violence and family violence when it's reported? 
you know, before or, you know, during a divorce uh, situation, um, what happens with the police, what do they go through, what do the courts go through, and then what are these protective orders, you know, where's their teeth, uh, how that all works. Right. Well, I can't really speak to the – you've got two – you've got two different kinds, okay? You can get a protective order that can be issued, you know, basically through the, uh, through the police or through the DA's office, okay? Um, and those can, range, uh, those can range in time. Now, you know, I, that really falls more over on the criminal side, so I'm really not qualified to, to speak to that. Now, on the, on the civil side in family courts, uh, those are things that are, you know, commonplace um, to, to go ahead and get a protective order. And with protective order, you know, you can get the person kicked out of the house and they're excluded from the house until such time as there's, you know, a hearing over, over that particular issue. If, if uh, there is a determination that there has been domestic violence, uh, that has significant consequences uh, as far as uh, spousal maintenance goes because that is one of the situations where uh, the court can order the abuser to pay spousal maintenance, say, even if the person doesn't qualify to, as, uh, as they would need to under the statute, um, uh, you know, and basically can do it for however long they deem necessary. Okay, so let's say that you would, you would only qualify for um, – well, let's say you just wouldn't qualify under the statute, you know, and the court orders it for 10 years. You know, that is that that is completely within their purview to do that. So it has it has significant issues there. Not only that, um, but typically it's going to have some some real, uh, you know, some real issues uh, as far as child custody goes. I mean, um Especially if it, if if any of the abuse occurred while the children were in the house, or the children uh, actually um, saw any of you know saw any of it. So, so there are significant ramifications to that behavior. Well, and the courts have a lot of you know in the family court and the family violence uh, section of the family code. There's a whole long laundry list of things that judges can do um especially if people uh you know carry a firearm they may be prohibited from that as well and um yeah, exactly. they're, they're also what other what other what other limitations um may be placed on them well i mean you can have stuff done with licenses i mean there there's really a whole a whole litany and you know rather than get into it here you know i'd rather if somebody's got some questions about just exactly what can happen there. I'd rather talk to him in person about it because it really, it really is fact specific. You know, I mean, there there are general things that the that the courts can do. The biggest things, like I said, that I tend to see are the effects as it relates to spousal maintenance and what it does with child custody. Okay, those are those are going to be the two biggest areas that you're going to see. The other, the others are more peripheral. Um, like, like you said, a, a big one is, um, you know, that they're not going to be allowed to, to carry a gun. I had a, had a situation um, in a case not too long ago where, you know, there were, there were false allegations of domestic violence being made. And uh, to the point where, um, you know, this, this client of mine was, was actually 
uh, arrested. Now he was subsequently no billed, and uh, we actually, you know, turned around and got custody for him. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's uh, you. you need to be careful on making these allegations as well. I mean, hers were clearly trumped up, and, you know, I was able to prove that, and we were able to rectify the situation. Unfortunately, you know, it cost him, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars to be able to get to that point, um, just because of all the stuff that we had to be able to prove on that. But um, those are the biggest areas of, of concern. Those are the immediate areas of concern that most people face. Yeah. Now, when you, uh, it's it's significant when you are the person on the receiving end of um, an allegation of domestic violence. When you say it's not accurate, and I've heard case, you know, it's there. It's almost like an urban legend where, um, in in the cheating situation, someone's cheating and they go get protective order on the person, and then they go and show up at the Tom Thumb. And then call the police and say, he's right over here in aisle number 14. Come get him. Person gets arrested. Right. They lose their job. They could have security clearance. You could have all sorts of things that screw a person for a long time. Um, you know, so what do you, you – know, or someone just raised maybe, – maybe someone just thinks that they – raise their voice. They never hit the person. You know, people may have all right. sorts of ideas about whether this uh, protective order, whether the you know the call to the police was valid or not. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, you know what you do um, in a situation where someone feels they need to be you know defended against this. Wow, you know, and that that's a hard one. That's a hard one. The best thing is if. Uh, if, if you feel like something is, uh, you know, you're being falsely accused of something, get out. Get, you know, get out of the house. Um, make sure that uh, if you are going to be around that person, that you've got witnesses. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that was a saving grace on a couple of the allegations in the case that I, I just talked about, is that, you know, there were a couple other people at, um, there was an allegation uh, of something happening at a restaurant. And, um, you know, luckily there were some other people there that were able to say, uh, no, that's not how that went down. So it is important to have uh, people, you know, people around. It's the same reason like we're in, um, say, during uh, – uh, child custody exchanges, okay, and and there's a high level of acrimony, and you've got uh, people saying that, you know, well, uh, he was saying this or she was saying that, you know, have a witness, have a witness there. I mean, because that is really um, the only safe way to protect yourself. Otherwise, you know, you're in a he said, she said kind of situation, and unfortunately, um, you know, I mean, the, there, there's a there's a heightened level of, of proof that is required for the court to grant one. However, no judge, especially since the judges in Texas are elected, wants to be that judge that is oh, right. you know has his picture shown on TV saying, "Well, they just had a uh, you know they just had a, uh, a protective order hearing," and you know, he didn't grant it, and this guy then turned around and, you know, beat her to a pulp or killed her. You know, so 
my experience is that you know ju- judges tend to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, well, there there just can be so many different things. I'm just you know going through my head and thinking about all the situations I've heard of in the past. But you know, people self-inflicting injuries and wounds. To I mean, there's all sorts of crazy right. things out there. But at the end of the day, if you have a protective order <laughs> against me. you, it's not this. It's not like having. You know, this is now on your criminal record. You are now a, you know, like a conviction. Excuse me. It's not like it's not like having a conviction you carry around with. They, they, they. You know, they don't last forever. How do how long do the protective orders last? We have short emergency ones, and they can be extended. Uh, so, what are people looking at with those? Typically, a couple years. Typically, a couple years. And so, you know, and it's and a person is moving in the meantime. You don't always know. I mean, it's can, it can be a really uh, scary thing to be this person with a protective order against you. But again, absolutely, if you know you go in front of a judge and there's you know, yeah, exactly, no judge wants to be the one to to not do something about that. So, um, no, I mean, and here's, shelters some, here's are, something else yeah. to here's something else to keep keep in mind. I mean, you know, a protective order. And it sounds ominous, and it is, okay? But it's only ominous if the person actually, uh, you know, against whom it has been rendered uh, follows it, you know, because it's, it's a piece of paper. Right, a piece of paper, not a bulletproof It's a vest. piece of paper. It's got, you know, it's got some teeth to it, you know, where if you're not allowed to, you know, typically you have stuff in it, like you're not allowed to come within 500, <clears throat> excuse me, 500 feet or 500 yards of uh, of the person, typically 500 feet, um, you know, and uh, they just, they show up somewhere. You know, you can call the police and the police can come get them. But you know what? If if the person doesn't, doesn't care, uh, that's when it gets really scary. Yeah, you know, pull in front of your house, I'm going to call the police, and they just sit there and watch and stare at you, you know. It's like, there's, I mean, people can lose their minds, and it's, you know, again, you know, we think of all the awful Lifetime movies and things that are out there on TV, and, uh, you know, unfortunately these things are true, so people just have to be prepared. Any good uh, shelters or uh, resources or organizations dealing with domestic violence that come come to mind? That people might want to look yeah, prob- into. Yeah, I'll tell you. Probably uh, my favorite uh, to to look at is uh, is called Hope's Door, mm-hmm. and they they are uh, uh, you know they they just have a a wealth of information. So they are an absolutely fantastic starting point. You know. Now, and here's the other thing in this. In this internet age that we live in, um, Google, man, all, you know, Google something. You know, women, women's shelter, battery prevention. You know, any 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 kind of search that you can think of like that. You know, and add the county or the city that you're that you're looking at, and it's going to pop up. You know, so you've got all kinds of opportunities out there. Um, you know, to make to make sure that you can get some help. Absolutely, and if you think that someone is has a tendency to be an abuser, and 
you think things are getting bad, prepare ahead of time. It's like having a, you know, what do they call it? Well, there was like bug out bags in case, you know, it hits the fan and people need to take off for the hills. You know, be ready. It's like we have an escape route for everything. Why not have a escape route for that? And another thing, too, you know, and when I, when we talk about doing some of these searches, maybe go mm-hmm. do it at a library, you know. Uh, maybe don't leave a trail that you're looking for this information if you're doing it preventively. You don't want to tip someone right. off who's already maybe unhinged. And the other thing I think that's pretty cool is that they are working on a system where people will be able to send a text message. To, uh, to police and 911. I don't think it's done yet. I know they're working on it, but eventually people right. will be able to send a text because, you know, already, you know, people don't pick up the phone as much as they do anymore and you don't want to, hey, by the way, I need help. You know, a text is much easier. Or text a friend, you know, have something set up. But I just think with it being Domestic Violence Month and awareness, just awareness is something huge to stress. And people who don't have a problem, Right now, I hope they never have a problem, but know what you would do if something bad were to happen. So, right, that's what I think. Right, yeah, I think you. Well, well and, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Nick. I, I, you know, I've, uh, and and it's because of all the awareness and programs and you know bar association, you know, talks on this stuff. Um, you know, the those of us who uh, you know work around this uh, get to hear a lot about it. So, you know, which is much more than in years past. It was something that people didn't talk about when we were growing up. You know, so. Anyhow, well, yeah. Mark, I want to thank you for your time this morning, and uh, wanted to just uh, let people know how they should contact you if they want to continue this dialogue or talk to you about some specific facts or situations that concerns them. You know, you can always get me uh, via email at mark at rulescroggins dot com, or you can uh, call the office at two one four four six nine thirty one hundred. All right. Always a good time to uh, talk about these uh, family law uh, topics, and always uh, good to hear your voice, and uh, we will be back next month. And uh, you have a good day. And to all of our listeners out there, please, when you find this uh, program, whether it's through the newsletter on the website or uh, social media or LinkedIn, hit the like button, hit the share button so more people see it because you just never know. Who out there is looking for this kind of information? That's right. So, uh, again, thank you, everyone. And, uh, Mark, it was nice to talk to you, and uh, we'll be back next month. Nick, always a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.